0: Hey, this is Coco Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX.
1: This is Josh. And this is Nick. We're Talk Modern. This is Anthony Medici from Liquid Light. Hey,
2: this is Andrew.
0: And this is Laura, and we This is Maliki.
2: And this is Ryan. We're Small Million. And you're listening to Sounds of PDX.
0: Sounds of PDX. Sounds of
1: PDX on PRP.
2: Welcome to Portland Radio Project. This is KSFL, LP Portland. On 99.1 FM and PRP.FM. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you're at. I'm your host, Luke Neal. This is Sounds of PDX. I'm so, so happy to welcome my special guest, Bob What's up, man? What's up, dude? Gosh, I'm so glad you're on the show. I've been into your music almost all of 2017. Uh, I was introduced to it by a previous guest, uh, Stereo RV. Yes. And they're just super great, raved about you Those immediately. Guys are so like, your EP's been on. Uh, on repeat on both mine and everybody else I've shown. uh, Your music is making the circles in my life, man. (laughs) You guys are the best. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, dude. We're going to be listening to uh, Bo's Influences. I've got upcoming shows by Vortex Music Magazine. Then in the second hour, we pretty much have all original music from you. So yeah. I'm excited to pick your brain, man. And, we're gonna and hang. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a good time tonight. So if you're listening to us on uh, the web on PRP.FM, say hello on the talk board, submit some questions for myself and Bo. Um, we have a shared influence. So I wanted to start the show off uh, with our PDX Spotlight playlist with bleachers. Uh, Don't take the money. Holy off of his new record and just incredible. Oh my gosh. Uh, and plus it's a fun, like upbeat tune. So it'd be perfect to start the show off. What did you think when you first heard this thing this, this year? Oh my gosh. When, okay. So
1: when, when he released this first single, I was like, I have high hopes for it because the first, the first record was just so like, it's like such a nostalgic vibe, but at the same time you feel so, it's so modern. The yeah. production's so modern. And so when I heard it, I was like, oh, I feel so like... I don't know. It was just such a life giving record for yeah. me. And so I don't know if that's hyper spiritual or not, but so I had high expectations for this single. And so when it came out, I was like, this is like the perfect sequel to what we just heard before.
2: So Yeah. So I was so satisfied with it. And at the same time I had heard that he um was then producing the the latest Lord record that's out now. Yeah, I yeah. was like just well, this was wonderful for him. She was
1: also she's the if you listen to the BGVs on this um on this track, she's the one singing
2: those those backgrounds. What? So full circle fun fact well done my friend (laughs) (laughs) well let's do it let's start the show with bleacher stick around i've got bo until 9 p.m welcome back to sounds of pdx this is luke neal i've got Bo Bascora with me in studio. Hey, hey, we just heard Bleachers Don't Take the Money, uh, an in influence of both of ours. And we were saying, like, it's such a nostalgic feeling. It feels like you're in the Breakfast Club or one of those films, which is a wonderful place to be. Heck yes. Uh so tell me, what is your first tangible uh memory with music?
1: Um my first, well, that's a v- that just like blows my mind because my my whole family is like really um or my mom and all of, all of her side of the family is super musical. And so I think it just like, it was always in my life. Um, just uh, just growing up and everything. But I think the first tangible moment that I was like, like, oh, music is a part of my life was, um, I was watching, uh, do you remember that show Smallville? Of
0: course, yeah.
1: Holy, cl- oh. you know, yeah. Superman. Okay, R- Remy Zero.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said.
1: So good. Dude. I um, So that there was a scene where Clark Kent and spoiler alert for anyone listening um, who hasn't seen this episode. <laughs> it's not required. <laughs> We're not even the same decade. <laughs> I know. Everyone's like Smallville. What? Clark who? Um, but uh, Clark Kent and Lana Lang had just broken up and so she's driving down the dirt road of the farm and Missy Higgins where I stood started playing mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, this is really sad. I want to make people sad. <laughs> and so I was like, I want music to be a part of my life. And so then I just started, like, after that, just like noticing how music played into so many different moments in, in like, TV shows or movies or video games. That was just like, they were such like pivotal moments in, I, I don't want to say in my life growing up, but they really were. Sure. You know? That was just like entertainment was my life. And so, um, So listening, having music being such a big uh, dynamic for that moment in whatever bit of entertainment, um, I just started noticing it more and noticing that that's that's what I loved. That's what was, um, that was when it was really becoming tangible for me. And so Smallville. Smallville.
2: (laughs) I've heard crazier answers. No. uh, So were you a vocalist first? Did you take any instrument lessons? How did you like get into the craft itself?
1: Um, I think so the first thing oh, so the first thing I got involved with was um was the trombone that was my first instrument and so uh, I was first an instrumentalist and the reason that I chose trombone was because um the street cred <laughs> actually no I dude I got picked on so much because I was I was a trombone player um for you could probably assume why um but he just, you got it. Yeah. Um, but I was super obsessed at the time with Donkey Kong 64. And there's a character, Lanky Kong, who um, his weapon is a trombone and he plays this super sick lick. And <laughs> after he finishes it, he goes, <laughs> and then just everything <laughs> explodes around him. And I was like, I need to learn this lick. And have the same thing happen, and so unlock this power. (laughs) I need to unlock this hidden potential inside. I know I have it. So um, when I was ten, the junior high uh, band came in, and they were like showing off their instruments for the kids that were going into junior high. And um, I saw the trombone, and I'm like, "Oh, that's the instrument that Lanky Kong has." (laughs) So I go up to the guy, I'm like, "Hey, can you play this?" And I'm like, (laughs) "And I just play, I probably badly, but he's like." No, I can't play that at all. I'm like, in the dark. He's like, what are you doing, kid? So then I'm like, "Mm, if you can't play this, I must learn how.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna fill your <laughs> shoes. I I
1: no, I will surpass. This
2: is the stairway of trombone. You have to know this.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think that that was the first that was the first step into me actually getting involved in music. Right on.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, around that same time period as as Donkey Kong, there was a young lady in Canada that was working on her craft, and it's next on our playlist. I'm so glad you put Avril Lavigne. Oh yes. Say what you will about her. I don't care how anyone feels about her. This is like. One of the best produced songs, uh, I think, came out like what, oh, four, oh five, maybe. It had
1: to have been, it had to have been oh four, because I'm pretty sure I was, I was just about to turn fifteen or
2: something. I just may have dated myself, but it's a stellar track. Like it was one of the most standout post choruses of yes. the day. Oh
1: my gosh, yes! Right, I still every time
2: I listen, to them, I'm like, mm, absolutely. It's there killer. goes her happy ending. So we're going to uh, do a throwback to that time period. We're going to do Avril Lavigne, My Happy Ending, and then Green Day, American Idiot, both influences of Bo girl <laughs> Find out why when we're coming back here on Portland Radio Project. Big shout out to our supporters. They make it possible for us to do what we do here. We are an independent, nonprofit radio station. Where we play a local artist every 15 minutes. And I've got one right in front of me. Bo Bascoro was on the show tonight. And you were just saying, we just heard American Idiot by Green Day. That was the first guitar solo you learned? Yes. Super rad, man. I thought it was the coolest for knowing that solo. And I did it very
1: poorly. But in high school, I was like, yo, check me out. I'm like,
0: dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs>
1: Just trying to find the frets and everything. The chord change pauses. I bear with me. Bear with me. Sorry, I just I just printed the tabs off. I'm I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> I'm working on the D.
2: It's <laughs> hard. Everybody knows. Yeah. Yep, yep. So the 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 thing is, like, was Green Day inspiring you from a guitar perspective, or was there like a particular player or rock band that you gravitated toward?
1: Well, I think that as far as guitar playing goes. Um, I grew up in kind of a more conservative, like sheltered home where like the first bit of music I heard was like very like, no one's really ever heard of them before, but that's what we would stick to. And so Green Day was just the first rock band I ever heard. Mm. And that was like in middle school, high school. And so uh, when American Idiot came out, um, I heard that guitar and like, whoa, you can do that? (laughs) You can solo like that? And so, so definitely, I mean, definitely, there's songwriting too. But those, the guitar tones and stuff, like um, "Boulevard of Broken Dreams," the yeah. guitar, the tone on that is just unbelievable. So, um, so yeah, that was definitely like as far as guitar playing goes. That's what definitely was uh, one of the big
2: inspirations. Was there anyone in your family that was a musician, or maybe someone that you were going to school with that mm-hmm. you looked up to, maybe been like a personal influence? To oh my it? gosh,
1: my my mom. Was one of the, and probably still is one of. The, I haven't heard in a while. One of the best pianists I have ever heard play. Wow. Her, her piano skills are so. Her and her brother actually, and um, actually going back to uh to my happy ending with Avril Lavigne, I uh went to some music store and I happened to have seen the sheet music for um for my happy ending, and it was the piano and guitar tabs, and so. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I brought it over to my mom. I'm like, mom, will you play piano with me? And oh, so, yeah. <laughs> and so she like, she's like, oh, let me just see how this goes and just nailed it. She'd never heard the song before. Just sight read it. And even there's like these little, these little uh, small ornamentations in it. And she played that just flawlessly. And so I'm like, mom, you're actually good at piano. And so like ever since then I've been like, she is my piano hero and um, So I haven't heard her play in a while, but she used to, when we were kids, she used to play piano while we were um, falling asleep at night. And it was so nice. It was so peaceful. And just like the best way to fall asleep is like a real piano player playing good music, (laughs) good piano playing. Um, But yeah, she's still like to this day, one of the best sight readers I've ever met. And so, and it's like a little, not a lot of people know that about her. How did that impact
2: your relationship with her? Because I mean, that's a... It's it's an extra step. Obviously we're all connected to our parents, but Mm -hmm. to know that they have kind of that same passion and thing is pretty cool. Yeah. I think no. I just like, I
1: definitely, um, I mean, as a kid, you're like, yeah, it's my, it's my family. It's my mom. So of course she's the homie, you know, but I I don't know if she considers don't call me a homie (laughs) on live radio. But, um, but I think that it just like gave me a higher respect for her because, you know, she taught me, practically everything I knew growing up. And so to add that, which is now my passion is, you know, I have to give her credit for that because that's, it comes from her, so.
2: Wow, what a tribute. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, well said. Cheers to you, Ma. And uh, I'm a musician, but I never learned how to read music. Guitar, Mm. Guitar tabs, like you mentioned, so folks who Actually, no theory and can sight read. Just oh, have yeah. all of my respect. And she, she
1: actually, she taught herself. She took like a few lessons, and she was like, "I can't handle this, I'm doing it myself." And so she, she reads and knows theory and can just slay. And it's all self taught. So I was like. Dang, mom, what's that's up? Fr- that's I see frustrating. You. I see you. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly.
2: Much respect. Uh, well, we're gonna say hello to a couple people on the talk board. Uh, ben Hooks, Carol Maxwell. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Carol, when uh, referring to Avril Lavigne, said, "Great song. D- don't need to worry about dating himself. I'm 44 and I love this song." <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's Carol,
2: a, I love you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Carol. Hey, 44 years young. You validated us. <laughs> uh, we're going to head back to the PDX Spotlight playlist and hear a couple more of Bo's influences. Uh, if you didn't catch the the latest PDX Spotlight, we had Falcon Heart, uh, the Comcast. Uh, episode aired last night you can catch it on youtube i will put the link up to uh, pdx spotlight but we've got falcon heart live from mississippi studio right now sarah wild coming up and also the audio sequence uh next on the playlist is one republic can't stop what a rad band holy one of yeah. the first contemporary bands in pop music, because I'd heard metal bands use a cello before like this. Oh but yeah, one of the first pop bands that was using a cello was almost a lead instrument. How were you introduced to the band, so, and, and what about this song?
1: I so how I heard them first was um, <laughs> I was I think what happened was I was working at Guitar Center at the time in uh, 2008 or um, excuse me something like that, and I was just uh, they just closed up, and I was sitting in my car. And someone texted me like, uh, "Hey, I'm coming over. I know you're. I, I know you're at uh, work right now, but I'm just going to come over and show you this band." And so she uh, she comes over, puts the CD in, and it's uh, apologize like the the original one, not the one, the, not the remix, not the Timberland remix, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my! What's they got castanets? What's going on? What's <laughs> up, Wonder republic?" And uh, and the fact that it was like strings too, because especially at that time, I was. Um, I was like heavily involved with strings. Um, I went to school for uh, orchestral music composition, and oh, so rad. so like all I listened to was like strings. And so uh, when I had when I saw that with like a band that was super dope like that, I was like, dang, I want to listen to all of their stuff. And so um, and they're also just such an interesting band because they started out with the intentions of becoming an indie band. They they were like aiming to be like the next uh, Indie or like the next Jeff Buckley, Ryan Tedder was like, I really, he loves Jeff Buckley Mm. and that was his goal. And so, um, when the Timberland, um, remix came out, they were like, well, I guess we're a pop band now. (laughs) So, uh, so then, uh, after, after the, after that album, they just like slowly started transitioning into the pop music. And when this, this record native came out, I was like, This is really interesting because they were leaning a little bit further away from like the strings and indie sound, but had just like a totally, well, I mean, really, they had a totally different sound altogether, but it was something that I hadn't heard before. And so when I heard this particular uh, record, I was like, or this track, I was like, oh my, I have never heard something like this. And I really... What? Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear agree. more of that.
2: It felt like a natural step. I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad you put this on the playlist. We've got One Republic and a bunch of other great influences coming up, including Bournes, My Chemical Romance, Jack <laughs> Garrett, one of my favorites. Uh, but let's get back to it. This is One Republic with Can't Stop here on Portland Radio Project. No joke. That's seriously a song that uh, as soon as I heard it earlier this week, yeah. I put it immediately on my Spotify playlist. Oh. Uh, super great. That was "No Low" by Grace Mitchell, an influence of Bo Girl. And you mm-hmm. said that she's a local. Yeah, she's straight up from Portland. And um, I
1: I don't actually remember how I discovered her. I think it was probably Spotify or something. But um, she was another one. She was actually the, the first song I heard of hers was... Um, uh, a song that I just—it's—it's it's escaping me right now, but it introduced me to the whole like sidechain compression with a uh, you know bass and kick and everything, yeah, or like synths even, and um, and I was like,
0: what the heck is happening
1: with this? <laughs> and just like super reverby, like hyper compressed drum fills, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is epic! And so, um, just. I, I just started investing into listening to her and stalking her on the media and everything, and I was like, "Oh, she's a redhead too! Whoa!" <laughs> and um
2: and then found out she was from Portland, and I was like, "My
0: girl!" So what many up? bonus points, right? Yes. That's
2: so awesome. Racking it up. Well, I um I have plenty of bragging to do on your music in the second hour, um and I've got to do a little bit of it now. Uh, I have to say, you don't become an artist like you and put out songs as good as you do. And consistently like your groups of songs are great. You're not like a one-off. Oh, oh, he put out one great track in 17 type wonder. artists. Yeah, no. <laughs> Dude, thank you. Yeah. And I, man, I think that comes from a love that you probably have for songwriters. So mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about that more than just bands or artists that you oh, may yeah. dig. Are there any songwriters that, as you started becoming aware of that craft, are there any that stuck out to you?
1: Um, I would say, so I think my first actual like songwriter influence and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like ah oh, I should have thrown him in the mix um, was the uh, he was he was also my mentor actually in California in LA uh, his name's Denny White and he's written for loads of he did he wrote for Christina Perry and uh, The Fray Cobra Starship and um, and just like a ton of a ton of artists and um, he was just like such a cool like super chill down to earth guy and just had so much wisdom and his lyrics were just like so it was like th- they were so simple but so like the imagery was just there you know and that was such a such a important thing for me is to be able to um to be able to just uh to to see what he's talking about you know and um i don't know what the proper term for it is but just like use of imagery and so uh So when I, I just happened to have seen him at a bar when I was visiting my buddy and I was like, dude, you were freaking slaying the game. Lo and behold, his band in the background was, um, uh, I think it was at the time, Nate Lotz, who is a, a great drummer. And then, um, uh, Brian and Brent Kutzel from One Republic. Brent is the cellist. And so, I And he's like, dude, come hang out with us. And so I ended up going to, ha- to, go, going to like a Denny's or something with my, my now mentor, music, songwriting mentor, and then the guys from One Republic and <laughs> we're chilling at this like pancake lounge and just <laughs> hanging out and like having a good time. But um, he was like, he was definitely the one that really like took the songwriting to another level for me um, and taught me like use of imagery and just trying to like push the envelope for myself. And then, um, I would say my other favorite songwriters would be absolutely, um, Ryan Tedder and Jack Garrett, or yes, Jack Garrett and then Jack Antonoff. Yeah. They're just so like, like the thing with Antonoff is he's, he is, uh, his imagery is just like, just so good. And he gets to such a, a bizarre point with what he's talking about, like the last, uh, his latest album, uh, Good Morning, he talks about like going to the dentist or going back from the dentist and some things just don't turn out right. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that works for me. But just like he had these bizarre ways of describing things and then looking back on it, like in retrospect to those lyrics, you're like, oh, that is a very interesting way of describing something in life or you know, something bizarre. And so I love I love his lyric writing and obviously the way he does production and stuff. And Ryan Tedder's a legend. So yeah. like enough said. How oh, <laughs> cool man. Share flapjacks with some of your influences. Yeah, the cellist. That guy, he's a tall glass of water too. Like like he was sitting down when I met him and so standing up to shake his hand, I was like, Whoa, okay. All right. You're All right. a giant.
2: Much respect. <laughs> All right. Glad you're playing cello Thanks. and not the drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to get into more of uh, the songwriting and, and mostly lyrics, too, in the second hour because I want to ask you about some specific songs. Oh, boy. Uh, but getting back to the playlist, uh there's an artist that I hadn't heard of, uh unfortunately, but Rainsford? Oh. Rainsford? Yes, Rainsford. Yeah. She is
1: one of my absolute favorite female vocalists and just such a great... I love the way that she writes her music and whoever she produces with just does a phenomenal job at what he does. Um, And she, I'm just like really big into the imagery and everything. And just like the way you describe things in a, in a song and, and you you're only limited to such a specific amount of space to, to say what you want. And so I think that she does a really good job of doing that. And so um,
2: really love her. I'm a big fan of this song. It's called rendezvous. And uh, I want to shout it out to Ben Hooks, uh, A longtime listener of the show. When I heard this today, Ben, I totally thought of you. It is killer, and she's going to go on my playlist. This is Rainsford, an influence of Bo Bascaro. Stick around. I'll be hanging out with him until 9 p.m. that is jacob banks with chain smoking another artist i wasn't familiar with bo i'm so sorry oh, man oh my gosh he is oh i i saw him last last spring
1: um, when i was going to see uh, leon at the duck for lounge and he was the opener and typically for openers i'm like okay whatever just get the appetizer going i just want the main menu <laughs> and uh and so when he came out and started just going to town, I was like, oh my, okay. Stellar. So after the show, he was just hanging around the uh, at the bar. So I went up and I'm like, dude, you freaking blew my mind. You ha- you're absolutely one of my favorite vocalists. I freaking love you. And he's like, thank you so much. Please take my hat. And he, he like hands me his hat and I'm like, Okay, thanks. What do I do? So, can you sign so then, it? Yeah, exactly. So then he takes my phone. He's like, "Let's take a selfie." And so we're taking <laughs> selfies and everything. And then uh, he was just in town last week or two weeks ago. And so I at back at the Doug Fur, He was headlining this time, so I went to see him. And uh, I stuck at, I stuck around afterwards to get a picture with him and everything. And um, I took I had taken that last selfie with him and his guitar player. And so I was talking to them, and they're like, "Hey." didn't we meet you last last time we were here? And I was like, yes. Yes, sir. But then they're like, but weren't you wearing the same shirt you're wearing now? And I'm like, <laughs> how the heck do you
0: remember that?
1: Of all the cities you hit, yeah. come on, that's what you remember? Yeah, so then they're like, dude, stick around. We want to hang out for a second. So uh, Shannon and Shawnee and I, we uh, we hung out with the band for like a good like 40 minutes or something afterwards and just hung out and got to know everyone. And then Jacob and uh, their guitar player, Daniel, were like, dude, let's take that picture again. So we took the selfie and then took a few other pictures. But it was oh, just like the sweetest cool. thing to like... You know, it just makes them more human instead of like that rock star status where yeah. they have no time for you. It's like, oh, we care about our fans
2: because they're the reason we're where we are. And so it's, it's nice to see that top to bottom. I mean, I've, I've. Uh, that's why I've always liked independent music. It's maybe why I was drawn to it back in the day, but you know, I've seen Eddie Vedder be just as gracious and gush, like just, you know, it does, it humanizes the people when you connect with them and, and you've got to realize like they go to every town and it's, uh, you know, what's up Portland is the same as what's up Seattle or San Francisco and they got their gigs but that's the that's the thing that's their job they're connecting with you and it should feel like this is a special moment and you don't know maybe it is maybe right. they're having a better night right um, but those live experiences are just so crucial you've you've you had a ton of live stuff in the spring i want to talk to you about some of the venues that you played oh yeah uh, what were some of your highlights uh oh, gigging man. around this spring i would say the
1: the highlight for me um uh as far as like my my shows went yeah yeah um I played at the Secret Society actually, which is such a beautiful area. It's like a nice, like intimate area and- Great choice. It's such a nice choice. And so actually that's that's where um, I met Stereo RV. They uh, they hit me up to ask for me to, to open for them. And um, I, I ended up essentially headlining uh, just cause I was the last person to play. Cause it was like at 11 at night or something. And um, and this is also when I was recovering from a major surgery on my hip. So, uh, I was also not walking. So when, when I did this show, I was like, dude, I was, I'm really hyped for the show and I still really want to do it. So maybe it'll work out. And, uh, I was doing an acoustic, so, uh, acoustic performance. So it was just me and my guitar and, um, my cellist and my violinist. Cause whenever I do acoustic, I play with the cello and violin and, um, I was like, let's see if this works out. So I'm on, I'm on the stage at 11 at night, literally hanging on my crutches with a brace, like holding my leg together and just rocking out. And it was like, it was probably the most like enjoyable show I've played in a very long time. Wow. And, and the crowd loved it. So that's really I was cool. done, I was like, hi, my name's Bo and Uh, we're a three piece band we are the trace brace band you know (laughs) just like goofed off and it was such a good time but
2: it's mad respect it's like last year when dave girl broke his leg and they chilling on that throne yeah he took it on tour like it was a a good time it was a a bit it was pretty much a bit it's brilliant and it's about it's about connecting with you that's what makes me a throne i want a throne you should have requested i shouldn't i'm only playing the secret society if i have my own throne yeah during load-in we need to measure the door to (laughs) see if your throne exactly and
1: you will carry me
2: up those dang steps yeah actually it's secret society (laughs) you probably should have at that time instead of taking that's true
1: yeah and no one also helped me up the stairs so i'm like hopping on one leg up those flights
2: of stairs how dare they i'm such a champ i'll tell you what (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to hear about, um, later on in the show, I want you to talk about the influence and actually like the impact that the band Borns has had on your personal Ooh, work. Oh, yes. Uh, it's a nice little tidbit, which I didn't know until this week and my mind is blown, uh, but I love Borns. Talk to me about why you selected American Money as an influence of yours. So American Money is,
1: um, I love that whole record, but that song specifically was like, it, it was like a mix of like alternative rock with a little bit of, I, I don't want to say R&B, but just something about it was just really, I think it was, it had to have been like the hi-hat, like the 16 notes or something, but like it just sounded so sexy to me and uh, very spacious, like just the the vocals and everything. And- um, I think R&B is totally fair to oh, say. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I love it so much. And so, um, and his voice is just like butter. And it's really funny actually, whenever I introduce someone to Bourne's they're like, oh, I really like this. Who's this girl? Yeah, right, like, yeah. like, oh, yo. <laughs> and he kind of like, he's got the long, beautiful hair and he rocks the coolest outfits. So like some people had like, you know, it's, it's up in the air, but like this dude is just, he just slays the, his vocals. And, um, and I think just like the, the arrangement of the song is just like really, uh, really well put together. And, um, and just the
2: the lyrics are just like ooh, all right, I can dig this. Yeah, they they you know the approach, especially lyrics, like remind me a lot of old school like folk construction of lyrics, but put together with I new totally agree with that. Right?
1: Yeah, and just the whole like. Like anything talking about desert or heart, I'm like, okay, whatever. But for some reason, this specific, when he's talking about in this, I'm like, oh, the whole, and he has like the, the form, the, the story formula down in this song, you know? That's
2: his, it's narrative. And that's the biggest thing. And you know, sometimes that ambiguity in music is really cool. We all love Tool and how crazy (laughs) ambiguous they were, but it's sometimes like walk me through your story. And I think this this is is a perfect example. Yeah.
1: It's such a great representation of that. And, um, and I went through a phase where I was like really trying so hard to to be as ambiguous and metaphorical as possible. But it was like I was trying too hard. And so I just think
2: that he hit the, the nail on the head with this one. Yeah, so well produced. If you don't know him, please dig into their catalog. This is an influence of my special guest, Bo Bascoro. This is American Money by Bourne. Stick around. beautiful song. This is I Believe in Us by Leon, an influence of Bo Bascaro. He's been hanging out with me. I can't believe we've yeah. got an hour gone already, man. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. It's been too much fun. To exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, we're we're going to have a good amount of fun with you right now, as a matter of fact. Oh, my. Um, these are easy, <laughs> rapid-fire questions. Oh, shoot. I'm, like, actually the worst at this. <laughs> I'm the worst at thinking fast. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to ask you some questions. Backing track brought to you by Tycho. I uh, haven't done this segment on the show in a while. And it's, it's actually a lot of fun I'm excited um so again there's no there's uh really no wrong way to approach this uh, basically multiple choice questions oh good thank god either ors right all right uh so let's do this so your fans get to know a peek behind the curtain of what makes bow tick uh <laughs> so if you had to choose would you rather pick fall or spring oh oh that's uh fall okay why so because
1: it's like it's like, uh, oh, man, I have the same answer for spring, but it's a little different. But like, you just had this heat, this huge heat wave and everything, and everything's just like nice and lovely. And then everything starts to get a little like, little brisker, and but it's still a little warm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I get to wear my layers now, and that's when like you start thinking about all the holidays and getting cozy and like spending time with your friends inside and stuff. And it's just like a nice
2: cozy season. Yeah, it, it decorates itself. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Are you movies or TV? <laughs> Oh, it depends on it depends, but I am definitely TV. Okay, I agree. I think some of the best stories are on TV. Right I agree. Now. Uh, are you horror or comedy? Comedy. Okay, uh, not a horror fan. No, I'm
1: a horror fan. Okay. but like, like my go to is normally like, ah, oh, I want to, I want some kind of like cheer in my life.
2: That sounds <laughs> way too melodramatic, but you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, <laughs> soccer or football. Ah, uh, soccer. Yeah, good. I mean we're Portland, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, we're I'm <big>. I'm <laughs> way too passive to do football. <laughs> if now, if you had to choose out of one of these decades to go back and be a recording artist in, would it be the fifties or the eighties?
1: Oh, mm, definitely
2: the eighties. Okay, I put fifties on there because you have a crooner, a crooner vibe that I think like you could have knocked out of the park. You know what's apart. really
1: funny about that? I just did a gig like a few nights ago, and I was like, you know, I feel like I'm singing very like fifties esque. And I should probably start to like think about doing a little
2: bit more like that. So I don't think you're off. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, when you do, bring it to me. I want to hear Done. it, man. I'll text uh, you like,
0: hey man, check this out.
2: <laughs> yeah, <So>, yeah. Hey, <laughs> sweet. I love the piano, and uh, you have to get cello on 50 stuff too. Come on, easy, dude. I right. got a guy. Well, I'll, I'll let you choose your answer or uh, change your answer if you want to. 80s is a good pick too. I mean, after yeah, having well, said I mean, what we're you just said about bleachers, bleachers yeah. you know. I mean, to go back to those early synth and like just using chorus guitar. Well, that's that's the beauty of today, right? We got to use that. Yeah, why not both? <laughs> <laughs> now, if you were going to play uh, um, a festival, would you be more excited to get an invite to South by Southwest or Coachella? I would say I would say South by Southwest. OK,
1: why is that? I think it's a little bit more like uh, I think there's just like a lot more people are gonna be like, oh he doesn't know what he's talking about. A little bit more variety. Sure. And I think there's a lot more of a, of a community based around it um, where people are, you know, you have your opportunity to actually like get to know, get to know the bands, to see the interviews and everything. And, um, and there's like some rising artists too that like you wouldn't naturally, you wouldn't normally see. Um, and I think like Coachella does that too, but there's a lot more going on off the stage in the audience, then, and I think that was just distract me too much. Yeah, so
2: there's a lot of auxiliary there's, entertainment. Yeah, there's at some, Coach there's El- some.
1: There's <laughs> a lot of recrea- recreational activities happening yes, that like, I would rather just focus on the music aspect. They used to. Yeah. yeah, they used
2: to have those indie opportunities, but like you said, those those days are gone. Yeah. Uh, when you travel, would you rather take a train or plane?
1: I really, so we were talking about how you were, you took a, a train from Seattle to Portland. Yeah. I have never been on a train in the States before, and I would love
2: to take a train. So, yeah, that ride from Union Station here to King Street Station in Seattle's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You gotta go up the gorge. And,
1: and the, you can like walk around and stuff and you're not trapped in a vessel that has no real like way to get out and there's just bacteria and breath flying (laughs) everywhere and I'm just like not really down for that. Yeah. And I'm very like claustrophobic. So like I need to move a lot. So definitely.
2: I would definitely say train, and we're both taller guys, so planes yes. are nightmares. I'm for always us.
1: trying to kick out or stretch out, so now I need the aisle. I used to always want the window because the view, but now I'm like, oh, my old man
2: legs, you <laughs> know? my knees need help. My, <laughs> my knees need some TLC. So, uh, just a couple more questions here: a uh, Marvel or DC? Marvel all the way. Amen to that. Hey, uh, DC had their chance; they have <laughs> not done well hey. with their recent. I know Wonder Woman was amazing. That was really good. That was really, that was really, really good. good. Uh, pizza or sushi?
1: Oh pizza I, I, that, was, that was a no really shame. hard one I just had sushi though and I'm like yes I've had my, my fill but like pizza's always like I have a squ- a little squad that like we always hit up this like this local pizza pizza shop whenever we get together and it's like oh it's just such a holy moment for me that pizza's so good and so anytime I'm Super like brilliant all food. right
2: I'll cheat for this I'll cheat for this one <laughs> and lastly uh, which stage would you rather play Hollywood Bowl or Madison Square Garden Oh, Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Cool ambiance. Yeah.
1: It's definitely the environment's a little,
2: a lot different actually. Totally different. Yeah. And Madison Square Garden's that intimidating uh, arena atmosphere. When you said Madison Square Garden, I was like,
1: oh, that's really intimidating. Yeah. That's a big, I also thought of, uh. It's total t- tangent, but have you ever seen Rush Hour Two? Yes, <laughs> the bloopers of that. And I'm actually so happy I said Madison Square Garden because the bloopers in that Jackie Chan has such a hard time saying Madison Square Garden, and so this is like the first time I've actually talked about it. And so I'm like, mad. I need to, I need to do better than Jackie Chan
2: did. <laughs> That was so. your motivation. To get there. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing, man. That was 10 questions with Bo Ascoro. Hope you mm-hmm. learned something. Uh, I want to learn something. How did you find Jack Garrett? Uh, I love this artist. Oh He's my next gosh. on our playlist.
1: This, okay, so this next song, um, I don't actually know. It had to have been like some random like I think I was like YouTubing something about like how to do this kind of thing for, with production or how to play this kind of lick or something something super bizarre but then um, it was like it may have been an ad or something but uh, Weathered came up and I was like Weathered what? what is this and Jack yeah, Garrett okay I'll give it a shot and so I listened to it and I was like um, okay what and especially like the beginnings you have that like that beautiful chorus line and you're like oh my gosh this is this is beautiful. It's like for me at that time too. I was like, oh, I just want the most epic vocals ever. And so then it like everything it just like sucks back. And then you have that boom boom boom. And I'm like, oh, oh hi. Yeah. And then at the end you have that just the climax and you're like, oh, this is blowing my mind. Cause it literally has every dynamic created into this. And so I um I saw the him. I I saw uh I just like saw him come up somewhere and so then I think a week later, Ellie Golding popped up with she posted something about Jack Garrett and I was like,
0: that's the guy. That's the
1: freaking oh, guy. Right on. So uh so then I just invested more time into him and heard his first EP and was like, oh my gosh, this guy has changed the freaking game. Yeah, completely. he's a
2: he's a super composer too. Oh, like yeah. anyone that's into composition, dig into his stuff and do it some justice. Put some headphones on because these productions are absolutely oh, really, there's just
1: so many small things that you you have to like you have to listen with a good pair of headphones to catch, you know. Yep. And I had the privilege of seeing him uh, a couple of years ago, and I think last year at both the Doug for Lounge and um, the Roseland, and both times he just like blew my mind. And it was the craziest because like when you see him performing, he's like super in his his zone and everything. And you you look, he looks like he's kind of like an introvert, like really like really like don't talk to me, I'm doing my thing. But then once he once he stops playing, he's like, hello everyone. i'm so happy to be here he's english and his cute little english accent
2: so he's he's great he's the sweet it always takes away a little bit of the of the uh, oh okay he's got a cool english accent yeah yeah (laughs) it's not not a mad guy yeah uh cool yeah i absolutely love this artist and then we've got another track from bleachers as one of your influences and then all original music from Bo uh after these two tracks until the end of the night so excited to ask you some questions about uh, what went into these because, man, seriously, it's some of the, I hear a lot of local music and it's by far upper echelon Portland stuff. So oh, man. man it's, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, let's get back to it. This is the PDX Spotlight playlist featuring Jack Garrett and influence of Bo Yeah.
0: Can't I captured
2: your That's another track from Bleachers and Influence. Big influence of Bobascore. Oh, yeah. It's been hanging out with me all night. Now we're going to dive into your tunes, my friend. Oh. No. Um, I think it would be some good perspective to kind of start back you sent me one of the songs off of your architecture EP from 2014 yeah. uh the light but before we get into that i think it would be cool for listeners to know a little bit about the struggles you went through this year with yeah. your health
0: yeah
1: yeah
2: and i want you to talk to us about how that impacted you as a person and maybe some of the takeaways oh for sure so um it actually it like it kind of dates back to a long
1: time ago <laughs> in a i don't know um so the uh I think it was like a few years ago, I was doing a lot of um, training, like running and swimming and stuff. I was really athletic and active and um, I started feeling pain in my knees. And so um, in the midst of that, I was like compensating my form with my hips. And so during that time I'm running and then like, I just collapsed on the ground. Long story short, I was having pain in my hips and uh, it it had been happening ever since ever since that time and that's a few years ago now and so i've had that since and um, so every time i take a step or something it would be in, i'd be in pain and i gone to multiple uh i gone to multiple specialists like 12 different specialists and all of them were like oh maybe you should just just let it burn off and it'll go away we're not really sure and i was like oh my gosh that's this frustrating. is frustrating it was really fr- i was at UCLA getting uh you know imagery like uh uh Uh, MRIs and x-rays and they're like, oh, we don't really see anything. So you must be fine. So (laughs) I went to, uh, when I moved back to Portland, um, I went to a sports doctor here and he was like, oh no, you have a labrum tear. Let's dive into that. Let's take a MRI of that. And during the, the MRI, they ended up finding like a cyst or like a tumor in my hip right below the labrum tear. Wow. And so, um, so for me though, it was like, dude, at least I know because I've been going years, just like with this anonymous pain, no one has an answer for it, which I feel like is sometimes worse than knowing what, yeah. what you have. Cause like, you can't is this a gypsy
2: an, curse? Yeah, do it, exactly.
1: <laughs> like, did someone do this to me or I have no answer for this, why God? And so uh, to have a name for what was happening and just like to have some kind of like uh, idea, it was just like, that was comforting enough for me. But he was like, we gotta take care of this cause this has been years and I mean, if worst case scenario, you had to get a hip replacement. So, um, (laughs) I had been also saving up money to put together this EP and I had a, uh, like I put a Kickstarter up and I also wanted to do the, do it the right way and release, have like a release party, um, and do all these giveaways and stuff. But then I also had to have the surgery. So all the money I had saved up ended up going to my, uh, my medical bills and, in the beginning of 2017, I ended up having the surgery, and it left me, you know, completely immobile. I couldn't use my leg because they were working on my hip, so, uh, so I couldn't walk, which meant I couldn't work because I was I was working as as a server at the time, and um, and so because I couldn't work, I had no money to pay rent, and I couldn't pay rent, so I had to move out of my house, and so I was talking to my mom, and I'm like. I have no idea what to do. Like I feel completely alone and just super like what is the point of all of this if like I ha- I felt like, you know, you ha- you have n- at that moment you feel like you have nobody and you're completely lost. You're like what is the point if I like I can't do anything with my body and I have no means to to actually survive, you know. And so my mom my mom and I freaking love her for this. She had also so she, she lives in this like sweet refurbished garage that looks like, it's like you walk in and you're like, oh, this is a garage. It, was, it looks just <laughs> like an apartment. um So she was like, I don't, it's a one bedroom place, but I have a eight by eight walk-in closet that we can put a bed in there and you can just sleep in that. Yeah, wow. It's a
2: big spot in Brooklyn. <laughs> <I>
1: know. <laughs> you know what, actually when I moved in and no joke, it is the sweetest like, it is the sweetest pad I've ever had. I'll be honest. But uh, my friend who lived in Brooklyn, he actually, he he came to visit me. He's like, dude, this is like how much my buddy pays, or this is how much room my buddy has in his pad. And he pays $2,200 for this. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I pay a 10th of that. Um, actually, I wasn't paying anything at the time, uh, but yeah, it was just such a, it was, it was so sweet of my mom because she not only had just moved into this place, but she had also just recently gotten married. So <laughs> her first year of marriage, bringing in this man child that lives in their closet <laughs> is not a good look for any of us in the family. That doesn't look good for anyone. So, uh, but that's family. I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> I have a friend who just recently was just like, you know, she's been making Uh, like a a major effort to spend more time investing in her family and and talking about how important that is. And just in retrospect from that, I've been like, yes, I need to spend way more time with my family. And that was actually what was so great about this, uh, this recovery. Like I've been telling people it's the, it's probably the best inconvenience I've ever had in my life Hmm. because I had, I didn't have to work. I didn't really have to pay for anything because I didn't have any major bills. I just had my, my medical bills and I just laid around and all I had to do was go to physical therapy. So during that time of just laying around and going to physical therapy, I had my mom who would drive me to drive me downtown to my to my um sessions and then drive me back and she was taking care of me the whole time and that was such a good opportunity for me to just like bond with her, you know, and I didn't have a lot of that cuz I'd been working, you know, four different jobs um prior to that just to keep up and wow. so um so on top of that she just recently got married so it was a great time for me to you know to bond with her husband as well and get to know him more and then while i'm laying in bed i just took the time to just reflect on you know who i am who uh who i want to be how like what's my what does my public image look like and then like what am i meant for you know and uh then i took the rest of the time to just like invest in my craft of writing and just Threw out a ton of songs and just worked on my craft because that's like when else am I going to at this age as a grown man
2: <laughs> have this much daytime this
1: much free time to yeah. actually do the things you want to do uh, that don't require your legs. So, uh, so I just practice guitar, practice piano, it's just my writing and my singing and just like really invested into that and. I would say, like honestly, it's the best. It's the best. And I always tell people, it's the best inconvenience I've ever had. So. That's the
2: perfect way to put it. Because I hate when <laughs> tragedy happens to people. I'm like, oh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. No, yeah. it's the best inconvenience. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna steal really? that from yeah. you now. Yeah, take it. It's yours. Um, trademark boat. <laughs> TM boat. TM uh, T-M-B-O. So, so I want to hear some music that's coming out of this time period now. So I'm looking forward to what's what you're going to be releasing in yeah. the future. But let's start way back in 2014 uh, back with that architecture beginning. EP. Yeah, way back through. Years you ever ago. listen to that Lizzie McGuire
0: song? Let's go back, back to the beginning. I can't say that I have. Let the rain fall.
1: Okay, nobody does All All right, that's a shout out to Hunter <laughs> Able then, because she's the only one that gets me in for that song. <laughs> so oh, no. well, what's it? Um Who's the girl that plays her? Lizzie McGuire is Hillary Duff. Hillary that's Duff, what it is. yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just... There you go. I'm surprised I didn't make the influence. People are getting to know me real well right now. (laughs) Well, let's talk about uh, your first single. We're going to play the light off of the architecture EP. And fans are going to hear a natural progression and your evolution as an artist. Uh, But why did you feel this one represented your earlier work? I think that this
1: was really... um, It was interesting because I had... uh, I had actually written it with a totally different mindset of how I wanted to be produced. And... How I wanted the arrangement to be, and it was originally supposed to be just like, like 140, and just like, like, four on the floor the whole time. Um, And then I took it to my buddy Matt Small, and um, he was like, "Dude, what if?" And then just like, change, like, brought it down a little bit. And he's like, "Let's just make it really vibey." And so I was like, "What if we did this?" And we just started putting stuff together, and it just like, it kind of opened my mind, opened my eyes to like more of, oh yeah, I opened my mind too, to just like more realities of music. And, and it taught me a really good lesson of how not to keep songs close to the chest, because if you do that, you're not gonna let, you're not gonna be able to let it reach its full potential because you're just keeping it with your opinions and your, your, um, your biases. And so letting someone else just like, even feed you a little idea, like, what if you mean it's slow? Or like, what if you made it feel so? Then it just like changes the game. And and this was like the first song that people really, when they heard my music, were like, "Dude, this song is like what you like. This is a totally different type of song than what you were used to, what you used to playing." And so, um, so I just took that and was like, "All right, let's 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 make this be like the foundation and let this be like kind of where we want to go uh, or where we want to start from, and then just start pushing the envelope from there."
2: Man, uh, and I can hear that too. It does. <laughs> it's a standout on this EP, and uh, the work just keeps getting better and better. Got a lot of music off of the two thousand seventeen release. I keep my eyes closed, and of course, your latest single. We're gonna play at the end of the show. Hi, and then in parentheses, keep up. <laughs> You'll see why. Uh, so let's start things off. This is the original work of Bo Bascaro. This is the light here on Sounds of PDX. <laughs>
0: That I would It's never something I wanted to
2: kidding me bo that <laughs> track is so good man oh
0: thanks dude uh
2: that's the woman by bo Bascoro. he's sitting across from me he released that on the uh i keep my eyes closed 2017 uh i guess you wouldn't call it an ep it's five tracks almost an lp um i think i feel like five tracks might be like the the cap for eps sure
1: maybe i don't know I'm so bad with the terminologies of musician things. (laughs) Well, I don't get along with a lot of musicians just because they're like, "Uh, you're not cool enough. (laughs) You you don't know
2: anything. Dude, uh, just a big response on the talk board and personal messages to my phone of people just gushing about your music. It's always been that way, man. Like, I love playing your tunes on my Thursday show. I've had other artists send uh, to Sounds of PDX and they, uh, you know, I'll I'll put your stuff in the playlist if it it fits their vibe. Uh, Oh, man. I'm just such a big fan of what you've released. I do have to ask, how did you achieve that stutter with the piano? It's so brilliant. You
1: know what? I actually, so this was like the first track that was like, for me, I felt like I was like, oh, wow, I'm really like pushing my limit with this, like trying to produce myself thing, you know? And like in California, I was learning from Denny White. uh, I was learning, you know, to how to use Logic Pro Ten and then how to have an interface and do all that stuff. And so I just happened to have like, fell upon this, like, stumbled upon this little, like, synth pad that was, like, kind of glitchy, and I was, like, it would be really cool to have that mixed with a piano and have, like, this cool, just random, I'm just, like, really into that, like, into reverse, reverse sounds, and then just, like, glitchy, glitchy little, like, you hear my voice being, like, uh, uh, ah yeah, whatever yeah whatever, and, um, and I th- I just thought it was really fun. So I just like was just screwing around one night and was like, wow, this is,
2: I'm digging the sound. So it's so good, man. Let's give a shout out to the folks that you're working with. Talk about some of the musicians and the production team on your work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh,
2: I had
1: this EP, uh, produced by, um, Justin Abel of Tone Lab Studio, who's, uh, he's. My best friend and just like he's an absolute genius he's really well known in this area and just like really up and coming as well um and he's got a great following and he's just one of my as far as like production goes he's just one of the guys I look up to the most because he just knows what he's doing and knows how to push the envelope and so um so I seldom ever consider going outside of working with him because he's just so stinking good um and then as far as like as far as just like the whole team we've got, um, whenever I do my shows, uh, lately I do my, like I do my acoustic show. I've been doing acoustic shows. And, um, so I usually have, uh, string, like, like I said before I have like a cello and a st- uh, violin player with me. And so those are also a couple of my closest friends. Um, Amy Evans does violin and Chris Duke, the Duke of cello is like one of the <laughs> freaking best cellists I've ever heard in my entire life. It just blows my mind. And then, um, uh, like as in with my with my uh promotion and like all my all my media and stuff i got shannon gross who's fortunate enough to i got to be be accompanied by her yeah shannon's hanging out (laughs) this this is shannon shannon say hi hey guys (laughs) she's like she's been doing all my photos and everything and just like really um she makes me look good so her and then um, my graphics and all my, uh, for my merch and uh, my logos and everything is uh, Shani Fortune. She's phenomenal uh, graphic designer. And then rest of the band, it's crazy cause like there's such a community of musicians here that are just like all for each other. And so um, like, you just, you just meet so many phenomenal people, uh, and like musicians from just different, different instruments and just different styles. If you're looking for like a guitar player or, um, drummer, but anything, it's like, I, I'm always going to, you know, my buddy, Chancellor Reader who plays guitar, Carrie Samsel, Dalton Huxley, um, drum, some of the best drummers. There's Jesse Beerwagon, um, Russ Yanishin, except I don't know if he does drums anymore, Nate Powell. It's <laughs> like, no, he's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and Rudy Walrab. And then um, some other songwriters that I know are like that you've got here is uh, Andrew Serino. He's one of the, he's got a crazy voice. Like this dude does like all the licks and just knows how to control his voice. Um, in just a way I've never seen before so he's coming out with uh, he just can't, released a single on Spotify and iTunes but he's coming out with a full length and oh, right I've on. been following their um their stories on Instagram because they've just been posting it all all week and then um there's a great rapper named Jack Kennedy who's around town he's freaking phenomenal one of the sweetest dudes I've ever met in my entire life too um, and then the Samsel band i don 't know if you 're familiar with yeah, Samsel. yep, those guys are the best insane they 're yeah. so cool, and they have such a like a specific unique sound that like i don 't want to hear anyone else play that it 's just them they 're totally. so great
2: yeah i couldn 't have said yeah they they have a sound of their own i mean that 's kind of nice about portland everyone 's got a pretty unique thing if they 're you know busy and and making yeah. making their uh their presence known, I guess you could say in the music community yeah we 've got a lot of original acts going on in town mm. um I want to talk to you about the title track. So we're going to play I Keep My Eyes Closed, which <laughs> is the title track of, of the uh, EP that came out this summer. And then we're going to play a handful of songs from that. But what about this song, man? Where did this come from? Oh More my specifically, gosh. you can be as vague as you want, but lyrically, <laughs> what inspired oh, this track? I'm lyrically. Like, i I foresaw this coming. <laughs> yes. um,
1: so as far as the production, this was another one, too, that uh, was like, actually the complete opposite of the light where i was thinking this one needs to be like super slow and really eerie almost like if you're familiar with banks oh yeah uh, almost like waiting game where it's just like the chanting and it's like i don't know just super slow and just grind so
0: pop. oh ooh, like yes yeah. all right grind
1: pop grind pop um oh that's spicy <laughs> but everyone listening is like what is his deal with his, his lingo is so weird, where's he from? So many implications. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but just like something very, it was supposed to be like that, but then uh, I took it into to my buddy in California, um, Aaron Anderson, and he's also one of my favorite guitar players. And uh, he he was like, dude, I've just got like this idea. To He was kind of like going with that idea, but making it a little bit more jazzy. And then um, then I, and actually, d- during the pre-pro of it, uh, the bass player for Borns, uh, he actually threw some licks on there too. Originally, that's was incredible, like, man. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" This guy is on. Um, so when I moved back up, we put it back into production, and um, and then we're just kind of chilling. We're like, "Dude, what if we just made this such a in-your-face song?" And this was honestly like, I'm I'm just so happy with how it turned out. We got. Uh, I think Chancellor and and Carrie Samsel both uh, from Samsel they uh, they both played on this on the guitars on this and oh, wow. Justin um, Justin just like the the things I don't know the, the production he did to it was just so freaking hot and so um, so yeah it just became this really just in your face song which I think is more appropriate because as far as lyric goes it's just like it's pretty much about like coming to the reality that you're in a very poisonous relationship that you didn't see coming and as much as you know that this is bad for you you're just like it's almost like that that stockholm syndrome thing where you just need it you know sure and you just need to stick to it and um just because for some reason and i know at this when i was writing this song too i was thinking well no one's ever gonna love me like this person did. I guess, um, <laughs> oh, which is totally not true. And that's yeah. not. And that the reality is that's that's never true. But I, in retrospect, uh, I realized that I was just lying to myself so much, thinking, um, thinking that you know. And growing up, being like pretty, you know, I was like this goofy kid that didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, when someone like came out and was like, "I like you," you know, "I think you're you're a cute guy," or whatever they say. Um, <laughs> How do I, I don't know. I don't know what that
2: was. That's one example of that's, what.
1: That's one of the things yeah. they say. But uh, but I was like, oh, well, they, they're interested in me. They think I'm cute. No one else is going to think that. So I'll just stick my whole, my whole life into your hands and I'll just invest yeah. all my time into that. And it becomes like this very like codependent and you rely on them for like your identity or who you think you are. And once you realize like you're not, like it's not, it's not up to them. And once you realize how, how unhealthy this is, uh, you need to get out of it. But for so many people and like, especially myself, I, I just, I've said so many times like, well, this is, this is the only, this is, this is what it is. It's, I mean, I, I'm not happy and I'm hurting, but you know, I'm sure that if I just ignore all these things that have really hurt me, she's my dream girl, you oh. know? And so she's all I've ever waited for, you know? And so, um, So this is, I think just like to sum it up, it's just, it's a song about like realizing that it's, you you know, you're in an unhealthy relationship and you need to get out, but you continue lying to yourself and you just end up sticking with it.
2: I think that's a story a lot of folks can relate to. Uh, I love it, man. Thank you so much for explaining that. We've got a handful of songs from the I Keep My Eyes Closed EP. I think that's what we'll call it an EP. Yeah, yeah, sure. Handful of songs from that and a couple more. I've got some more questions for Bo. Stick around. He's going to be with me until 9 p.m.
0: Bad. She stole my heartbeat right out my chest, right out of the scene. she drove me mad She made me swallow the pill that she holds She laid a curse inside my temple and made a burn and made the walls fall and now I'm vulnerable and She's inside me, she's in my bloodstream She had it.
2: Other Side by Bo Bascoro, who's been my special guest all night totally loving the tunes man huge response from uh, both texting in and the talk board oh man uh, unfortunately if uh, you don't follow bo on social media we had a little debate on uh, which songs to keep cuz unfortunately as shows do we're oh. running low on time so we decided to play other side but you wanted to talk about the weight of your heart which is a song we omitted from the playlist
1: oh yeah that's if if you ever get the chance to listen to it it's um it was a really special song for me just because uh it's it wasn't necessarily about uh, like romance, as or like any kind of relationship, it was just really about friendship, and um, just the the idea of trusting someone with um, with the things you're dealing with, and trying to trying to you know offer your offer your love and your support, and just saying like my hands are open for you to put whatever kind of weight you have on you because I want to carry this with you because I love you because you're my friend, you know, and I think that was just a very um, I think it's just a, it's a nice, I think it's, I'm proud of the song.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a touching song and all of your tracks, man, they're all meaningful. Like, I think you have a song that, that fits a lot of different moods, Yeah. but there's also this congruent thing that you have that seems super genuine that, uh, I think obviously your fans and me as a listener, I connected with, uh, really quickly. Um, and I, I was saying it. Earlier in the show, I've said it a ton before. Show and tell, I think, is a masterpiece. Um, oh my god! It's next thank on you. our playlist, dude. There's just—it's the perfect production approach. Just because there isn't a verse, any passage, vocally or musically, that's the same. The song keeps evolving, and I think it's brilliant. Like, oh man, uh the the snares near the end of the song—just these big open—and then the the whoopy synth lead part, yeah. like what? It, what? whoopie. Yeah yeah, 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 I'm down, I'm down Everything for that Everything about it is just brilliant. How did this song uh, land in your catalog? What inspired this? I think
1: actually this was a song that was heavily inspired by, um, uh, uh, as far as production goes, that, that Grace Mitchell kind of vibe that her producer was doing and um, like I said, that introduced me to side chain compression. And so this is my <laughs> first, um, when I was in California, this was the first song that I put together this heavily and, uh, taught me how to side chain compress and do all the, um, do all the fancy little, uh, gimmicky things that producers know. Um, but I was like so proud of myself because I was like, I did it all by myself. <laughs> um, <That's> awesome, <laughs> but, man. uh, but yeah, it's just such a, it was such a fun, like, fun opportunity for me to push the envelope. Cause, um, just cause I was tired of just writing like guitar and bass and drums and sure. just like, I want something a little bit more and a little bit more an idea or more to add to the dynamic of it. And so just added that to, uh, lyrics that are just about, you know, people just kind of like rubbing it in my face, like just bragging or just being full of themselves. And then, um, just kind of like, I don't, I don't really know. It was just like, I, I was just at a point where everyone was kind of like, like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm also doing this and I'm full of myself. And I'm like, I don't really freaking care. But at the same time, there's like that little bit that every, every person struggles with us. I'm sure that, um, that just like hint of jealousy where you're like, oh, I'm so mad at you because you get to freaking do this, but you're <laughs> also rubbing in my face and I just want to lay you out. <laughs> so uh yeah it just kind of comes from that
2: (laughs) yeah that's rad and this is my uh uh, marquee song for you it's what i call when i'm introducing a listener to a new artist like this is the song that's going to hook you so oh sweet if you're new to the show and you're new to Bo's music this will hook you if you're not hooked already i played a ton on my thursday shows uh and it's my pleasure to play it and enjoy it with Bo here in studio we've got one more after this but please enjoy show and tell by Bo bascoro Show and Tell by Bo Bascoro. He's been hanging out with me all night. I can't believe we've now come to the end of the show. that happened so fast. Man, it always goes by quick. Uh, just to look back a little bit through the breadth of your influences, Avril Lavigne, Bleachers, <laughs> yes. One yes. Republic, Rainsford, Jacob Banks, I mean, just to name a few, Jack Garrett, we share, of course. Uh, Heck yeah. It is a clear roadmap uh, as to why you are who you are as an artist. <laughs> and uh, for those of you wondering, he's a genuinely great guy. Like It's been <laughs> great hanging out with you. Uh,
1: got hyped on coffee. That's why yeah, this is true. Yeah, you also just such
2: a chatter. Brought me some uh, delicious coffee, which I'm appreciative of. Um, you recently released a new single called High. Yeah, and we're gonna play that to close out the show. But before we do that, um, first tell us about the influence for this song, and then uh, I'm gonna let you say goodbye. The and influence. Shout-outs. I
1: think that the uh, as far as like the writing structure, it was just kind of like I was at that place where you know I was recovering, and I'm like, gosh, all this junk is happening to me. And all my friends are just like living on their lives and doing great things. And I'm stuck in a closet, hmm. you know? literally. And so, literally. <laughs> and so, uh, so it, this was actually really cool because, uh, the company, uh, Maxwell house, um, they, they just heard about, you know, the, you know, what I was struggling with and heard that I was, you know, working beforehand, just a ton of jobs and, um, that the whole medical thing just really put a stop to my music for a while. And they're like, we want to help him out. So let's market him. Let's try to help him out. And so they ended up flying me down to LA where I worked at, um, mine and Justin's favorite studio. We got to work at Larrabee Studios. No way. And, oh, it was the coolest. We got to work with um, Harvey Mason Jr. who did, uh, he does the music for um, Pitch Perfect and then did uh, Justin Bieber and Timberlake. He's a Grammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, we threw it together and the production is like made for, you know, the commercial that we were putting it in. And so
2: it's a little bit different, but it's just, it was such an exciting experience. So... It's um, an awesome single, man. Yeah, thanks, yeah, man. It's fantastic. Um, I'm going to put all of your social media links up on our talk board so you can go to prp.fm uh, and follow them there. But I do have to say, dude, your Instagram is one of the, my favorites to go through. Like, I always look forward to <laughs> what you put up. It's super entertaining. Oh, some
1: people think it's super obnoxious. <laughs> you ever catch that caterpillar, Graham? I do. <laughs>
2: Made an appearance yesterday, right? It made one today, Uh, actually. (laughs) How fantastic! Well, man, uh, before I let you go into the evening, is there any uh, goodbyes or shout-outs you'd like to give? Oh,
1: dude, I just I'm just like super grateful to to be up here with you guys. It's been such a blast, and I don't know. Shout out to the fam. Shout out to I don't Shannon. I just want to thank God for putting me up here in this place, and you know all those originals.
2: Thank thank Lauren Hill.
1: And but but, uh, the P Sim Gang, they they wanted me to give a shout out, so for sure that. And Jay Stag for Cotton Eye Joe yeah
2: <laughs> everybody's influence. everybody's everyone's true origin of music uh well dude it's been a, a joy having you here i'm sure i'm gonna have you back on the show uh so this is Bo's latest release this is hi keep up i've been your host luke neal reminding you to discover and support local music have a great night
0: With some hope of an archetype, but never grow of it. Mom's old church friends thought so, anyway. Broken cash is how I've grown up, and no real diet is all I've known. And my body fights against me on most days. I feel so ignorant. I could never give up Does anybody ever know When they got what they want All my hopes are up on the ceiling And all my friends are high And I can't keep up I can't keep up In the walking closet, just so that I could make a project glass. I stopped asking God for any praise. I can't tell who's on my side when the halls reverberate. Me. i mean like, I'm the only one that makes mistakes. Does anybody know? When it's time to grow up I know I'm getting old But it feels like summer's stuck Oh, all my hopes hang up on the ceiling And all my friends are high And I can't keep up I can't keep up Give me something I can't believe To decide what you want Choose it or deny Being someone you like I was told to lay it at the feet of someone who had a son The difference between you and me Is I would do most anything Cause I don't want to feel relief No, I just want the remedy Oh my
2: new music
0: on portland radio project
2: let us know about your new favorites
0: at prp.fm